Hey guys, greetings to all of you in Jesus' precious name. Thank you for joining along this Saturday morning for this uh, special broadcast of Another Day with Jesus. We've been doing the Another Day with Jesus podcast on every single day. If you are on iTunes or on, uh, if, if you have any podcasting app, you can actually subscribe to the podcast uh, Another Day with Jesus and you will get devotionals every morning right into your phone and Saturdays we do something special we do an interview we do a conversation and uh, today I am so honored to have my dear friend and a long time uh, friend actually uh, we've known each other for at least a good seven eight years yes, now that's right and uh, this is Pastor Stephen Samuel everybody and his uncle uh, Pastor Vijay Thomas is the one I knew before him and uh, it was in the year 2000 bro when he had come to our church and he uh, was sharing the gospel and that is the day I got saved that is the day I received Jesus Christ as my personal savior uh, so I've always had a fondness for him uh, from the first day that I met him and uh, but back then he was a student he was uh, a worship leader yes. but today uh, he is a pastor in you know very uh, in a fast growing church in Manipal yes. and I'm so honored he's in fact ministering in our church this uh, couple of days for fasting prayer and we are so honored to have him on this uh, podcast with us uh, pastor Stephen would you like to just greet our audience Greetings to all of you in uh, Jesus name. I'm really excited that I can be with Pastor Priji on this podcast and I really believe that God has something to speak to us. So get ready for what God's going to speak through this podcast to Amen. us. Amen. Absolutely. Uh, would, you, would you like to just give us a brief uh, glimpse of your walk with God, your story with God? Yes. Uh, how, how was life before you got saved, where it got you to God sa get saved and uh, how did your life change? Uh, how was your walk with God? So, uh, you know, like every other teenager, I was really broken during mm. my school days. And it was in the year 99 that I went for a youth camp. Mm -hmm. And until then, my life was, uh, you know, just going to church for religion. I went to church because parents went to church. Mm -hmm. And I would see people crying. I would see people, you know, receiving from God. And I wouldn't understand how that happens. But that night, mm -hmm. when the preacher was preaching, I literally felt like it was directly being spoken to me wow. and it was my life being opened up mm. to me mm. by God and mm. that's the night I gave my life to Jesus wow. Wow. and in the same year I believe there was a missionary who came and he gave an altar call mm. and I submitted my life to full-time ministry so wow. that was my start in my teenage I just gave myself up to the Lord completely wow yes. so so tell me how 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 has it been since which year was it when you got saved? I was in my ninth standard at that ninth time. Standard. That's a long time back. So yes. how has your life been since then till uh, you, you entered, you actually, uh, you know, planted the church in Manipal? How, how was it? Were, were you always on the highs or were you always uh, the, uh, the man on fire or were there low moments and, and you had to cope with it? Yes. 
So, uh, 99 was the year that I got saved. Okay. And 2013 is when I actually planted the, planted church. the church. So, I think it's good 14 years. Right, right. So, in this duration, I would have a lot of people coming and prophesying over me. Mm. And I was trying to figure out when is this going to happen. And, right. you know, there were often times when I tried to make things happen mm. by my own strength and nothing right. would work out and I would get discouraged. Right, right. So, there have been a lot of ups and downs. But mm. one lesson I have learned is wait for God's perfect timing. That's, that's so true. That's so important yes. to do that so anything we do before <coughs> God's timing can fire back yes so no matter you know how many prophetic utterances are spoken over our lives mm. we need to wait for exactly. the perfect time you know exactly. don't rush in mm. don't try to create something at mm. the right time the doors open up so were you married when you started the church pastor I wasn't married okay uh, I started the church in Feb 2013 and I got married in June okay 2013 the same year yes so how did your life change after you became a pastor yes. what what changed because i know that you were already doing ministry before yes. you became a pastor you were preaching you were leading worship you yes. were uh, you know uh, you used to play music all of that you used to do even before you became a pastor because before yes. you planted a church on your own that's right uh, so how did you how did your life change how did your personal life your family how did it change after you became a pastor uh, from 2003 to 2013, uh, my ministry was more of a worship leader okay. and going to preach wherever people would invite me. Uh, and this ministry uh, involved me maybe preparing with my team to lead worship. Right. And after that night, it would be done and we come back and prepare for the next meeting. Mm. But uh, becoming a pastor was, I personally felt a greater responsibility because I had this group of 70 people or 60 people to whom I was a father. Right, uh, right. And uh, it also did involve often getting hurt by people. Mm -hmm. So the transition was very difficult for me, you know. Okay. There were points where I would call up my friends and I would say that I'm not able to handle this. Mm. I think I should just let go of. So I don't claim that I had a, a perfect transition. Yeah. It was very difficult. Mm -hmm. But one thing that changed me was uh, just soaking in the fact and the truth how much God loves me. That's true. That's true. So that guarded my heart uh, against, against all the offense. Hurts. Mm. But the first year of pastoral ministry, there were many times that I got offended by people, you know. Right, right. Because most of the people who came in were new Christians, new right, believers. Right. They didn't know how to deal with a the pastor. They didn't right, know the culture right. of honor. Right, right. But then uh, I would just dwell in the truth of how much God loves me. Right, So right. no one can offend me anymore. Wow. I think, I think that's a brilliant way to deal with offense. Yes. Uh, because it's, I'm sure it's not just pastors who get hurt, you know, even <coughs> believers get hurt. That's even right. Your pastors get hurt with each other, you know. That's right. Uh, there's somebody from your church coming to my church, and yes. you know, you didn't ask me, you didn't tell me. You know, people get hurt all the time. Uh, I think uh, the, the best way to do that is to take the focus off of the man who hurt you That's and put right. on God, who is always faithful, yes. who is always loving, who will never change, yes. irrespective of what He has already proved His love for us. That's right. You can just look at him. So tell me, how, how, how was it for you to uh, pastor a church? Uh, because it was, I know that it's not just young people. There are <coughs> people all the way till 50, 60 year old. Like, yes. And you're a young man. Yes. Uh, I'm, I'm sure you guys would believe that he's a young man. <laughs> but uh, how, 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 how is, it, is it challenging? Is it difficult for you to uh, share and people to acknowledge, respect, <coughs> value it? What are the leadership lessons that you learned as a pastor? 
as a young pastor the greatest challenge i faced was the same challenge that jeremiah faced mm. you know he said i'm young so there were people actually who came and told me you're too young mm-hmm. i still remember the first time we did a baptism someone mm-hmm. called and told me you're too young to baptize people mm-hmm. call a senior pastor and by right. senior they mean you need to have gray <laughs> hair right and i am someone who believed that your seniority comes with the history that you make with god right and not right. the number of years that you've lived on earth right so the greatest challenge was in the first place for me to believe in mm. the unction that i had on my life that's true so initially because i was young and because i had people speaking into me saying that you're too young to be a pastor mm. uh i did not respect myself right i did not look at myself as a pastor until a, a man of god came to me and told mm. me that the first person who has to respect you is you, you yourself. yourself yeah and from that day there was no looking back wow. you know i just looked at myself as a man who's called by god with all the equipping with all the anointing that i need mm-hmm. inside me right and from there there was no looking forward wow. look, looking backward yeah that that's that's <coughs> very powerful you learn to respect yourself yes. you know and mm, that's amazing so you have the church that you've planted is in manipal yes. you know manipal is a student city yes and uh, all pastors know that ministering among students is a very challenging thing yes. uh, especially because first thing the, it's a floating crowd that's right second thing it is uh, uh you know you wouldn't your tithes and offerings are not coming in from uh, working class people it that's is coming right. from students uh, pocket money that's right and that might not be always the the best uh, reflection of the number of people coming to church yes So what are some of the challenges that you faced? I'm sure that there are other pastors who want to who have a heart to go to student cities mm-hmm. and campuses and minister there and plant a church. Yes. So please tell us some of the challenges that you faced as a pastor in a student city and how did you overcome them? That's right. So uh, you know primarily the student church the challenge is that you know every year you have 30 people moving out. Yeah. That's true. Which means that when someone asks you in 2013 how how many people you have you say we have 70. 2014 also it's a 70 because they don't notice that 30 people are moving out every year right right sometimes you don't have the numbers to show because often the world thinks that the success of a church is in numbers right right so i had to convince myself that it's not the numbers that we yeah. produce but the disciples that we produce out of the that's church that's true that's true so that was the first challenge and like you said people came and told me you know how are you going to manage the finances mm mm-hmm. and what the lord told me was that it mm-hmm. is not these students who call me into ministry mm. it is the lord who called definitely definitely so there's he not will take care. he took care of everything you know wow. there's not been one month we've not paid the church rent wow uh, there's not been a time we've not blessed our guest ministers wow wow he's been faithful so the lesson i've learned is mm. don't depend on people that's true and that's another true. challenge is that students you know once they are away from home mm-hmm. uh, they don't behave the way they would behave when parents are around right right so and and uh, you know i i told this to my associate pastor once that because parents often don't take care of them spiritually right we end up being the spiritual parents, parents so it's yeah. very challenging to mm. love them as messed up they are mm-hmm. but it's fruitful because i've seen children in in drug addictions in various addictions come out mm. and now they are at a stage where they can plant a church wow so it's worth investing in students because mm. it's more like a missionary church mm-hmm. you train them for 4 years release them to plant churches elsewhere wow so i find it very encouraging it's it's a different model model altogether of a right, church right but i believe that's the need of the hour 
you you also mentioned that you share with them about hey you know if you are led to continue here yes. in this city yes. then w- would you like to just share about that yes. that's that's a brilliant principle i thought so one of the uh, challenges that i throw at them is that okay you've come in here for your bachelor's degree mm-hmm. but why don't you convince yourself that you want to be a student missionary mm-hmm. which means that i go to study somewhere mm-hmm. not for the degree but right. for the gospel right So I mean I have one student like that in our church who's committed that okay I'm going to do my masters in mm. this place right. so that I can continue serving the Lord with the church wow yeah so I believe as pastors we need to get into a stage where we encourage student missionaries you know mm-hmm. seek ye first the kingdom and all these things will be added unto you so you go there not just for your degree yes you should study but right. primarily you're going there for the gospel that's true that's so that true. is a model that we are trying to encourage in our church students mm. who come in we say that why don't you believe god mm that's true for you know a, a admission into a masters program here wow. and you serve him that's beautiful so 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 can you tell us how how what do you do to share jesus with students who have no clue about god i think that's something that uh, many people have a, a challenge with you know yes. they they don't mind going up to a working class people with students they they don't really care like at least youngsters for that matter they don't really care about they they are very carefree about their life they are very carefree about their finances uh, but i think that's the best time to reach them with the gospel of jesus what do you do as a church what do you do different as a church to love them to encourage them to welcome them to share jesus with them Yes. Uh, that we could also learn from uh the key has been to love them no matter what right because uh some of the leaders in our church today were once upon a time the most difficult students mm-hmm. uh some mm-hmm. who were not even keen on being in the church every sunday wow so and and then the lord would show us areas mm-hmm. in their lives that are broken and mm-hmm. we would want to approach them and they wouldn't open up right So for months and months we would just keep loving them. Mm-hmm. Just pouring out love mm-hmm. and it reaches a point where they break down and they say that this is my life. Wow. I need help. Mm-hmm. So the key has been to love people. Mm-hmm. You know, love them to a point where they, they have a change of mind. That's true. But it's not easy. In the flesh it's challenging because sometimes no matter how much you love them, they're still the same. They they're still cold. Yeah. They might even insult you often because they're straight on face. They don't right. care. Right. That's true. And the key is to persist in love persistently love them yes uh have you faced this challenge of people not being submissive and not being accountable to you yes um uh, what did you do to overcome that like did you teach them because it's very uncomfortable to teach these things to yes. because they'll think that uh we want to uh, we want uh, uh, authority over them or we want to have something uh, to control them or manipulate them that is why uh we are talking about submission and accountability that's but, right uh, how how did you manage to teach your church on these things uh the the first year of pastoral ministry was a learning experience you mm-hmm. know i had uh to ask few people from my team to step down mm-hmm. because they did not understand the principle of accountability which means that if you are not coming to church on a sunday mm-hmm. and if you're in leadership i need to know why right right so and they were not ready for it but when i sat down and i was spending time with the lord the lord told me that i have not taught the church about it yeah. about submission about accountability mm-hmm. so then we started teaching the church and and now the rule in our church is that even if you have to be on the lcd projector mm-hmm. even if you have to be the one who is coming to church and and 
working as an usher mm. we need to see you for all the church meetings through the week wow this okay. does sound old school <laughs> right right but you yeah. got to be there for every meeting if you wow. can't do that it's okay if we don't have someone on the keyboard that sunday mm -hmm. so uh, that is a model that we've used and it is working wow so okay. we still have a lot of talented people in the church mm -hmm. who are not on the team wow we keep them there until we because we've had some heartbreaks mm -hmm. because we were not strict about our leadership policies right and now we've made it a point that this is the criteria mm -hmm. if you're not ready to meet it you yeah. could be a part of the crowd and not the leadership that's true i think uh, teaching the church is a very important yes. aspect that you you did I, uh, you know i like 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 we discussed sometimes uh, teaching this in someone else's church is very easy than yeah. to teach it in your own church because that's right because you're always worried about how people will take it but yes. at the end of the day you're not taking you're not teaching people to see how they will take it you're teaching them because this is a spiritual principle that's right and, and i think uh, we ha we definitely have to learn I, i've also seen how you're passionate about passionate about prayer yes um so so tell me how how do you what are the prayer th how does the prayer in, in the church work back in manipal in house of healing <coughs> So uh we basically have three meetings in the week. Okay. Friday is the Bible study and the prayer time. Okay. So the first 45 minutes mm -hmm. of the Bible study is purely for prayer. Wow. Okay. So we just get them to pray in tongues. Mm. But on Fridays we only have half of the church turn up. Right. So right. the the committed lot of the church they come for the prayer services. Yes. That's nice. Yes. That's nice. And Saturday is the team meeting. Mhm. Mm so Another rule for the team is that if you want to be in the worship team mm. after the worship practice the team has to sit down and pray in tongues for at least 40 to 45 minutes after the service after the worship practice is over on after Saturdays. the worship practice okay yes mm. Mm. so that is one way in which we encourage the culture of prayer prayer in the church wow that's nice and we the team has to report to me every month mm -hmm. in terms of how their prayer life is Wow. And okay. they can be very genuine. They can come and tell me that they failed and right. I wouldn't insult them. Right. We would only help them grow. to grow, right? Yes. Right. So because a church that does not pray, a church that does not value prayer, yes. Uh I think on a long term will lose the the main reason for its existence. We are called right. to be the bride of Jesus. And if the bride is not in constant communion with the groom, it's it's a it's a fail. right there yes we end up playing church we end up we end up uh, being religious we That's end up right. doing all the programs right we end up doing everything correct except having a relationship with god which is what we were primarily created for That's right and primarily called into the kingdom of god for to have a relationship with him and prayer is one of those things by which we have a heart to heart with god yes would you like to encourage our audience on uh, on prayer and what 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 has god taught you about prayer and and uh, what can we do even when we fail how can we still rise up and and when and we pray mm -hmm. i think one one of my personal struggles has been consistency one of my all the all, all time uh, all the major questions that we receive online and offline is pastor i'm struggling to be consistent and uh, what would you say to encourage those people who are who are struggling to be consistent yes uh you know i believe one of the major distractions today in terms of having a good and healthy prayer life mm. 
is the technology that's true and the social media right now i come of i come from a family of pastors and both my grandfathers were pastors mm -hmm. and and when i look back into those days mm. they had a stronger prayer life mm. than ours mm. because they had lesser distractions right so uh, you know i i was uh, listening to my friend who was telling me about this man of god mm. whom i don't want to take his name whom god is using really powerfully mm. and this man has something called a social media discipline okay. which means that he checks his email his facebook mm -hmm. his all this social media 5 to 6 in the morning that's it once okay. in a day okay that's it that's the rest of his time is for prayer and doing what wow. god's asking him to do wow. so i think we need to have that kind of a discipline where mm. we fi fix a schedule that okay this is the amount of time i'm going to spend on social media that's mm. it mm. and 11 to 12 is my prayer time no matter what but we will still fall that's true that's so, true you know Don't our righteousness is not based on based our on our prayer life right. we pray because we want to know the heart of the father right We pray because we want the Father to have fellowship with us, right, right. and strengthen us. Right. So when we understand, you know, that I'm not praying to become more righteous or mm. more holy, but to know how holy I am, to right. know how equipped I am, mm. that is an incentive that can push people into prayer. Into prayer, that's nice. That's and nice. Jesus did that. Yeah. He would often withdraw into secret places. So if he did it, how yeah. much more do we need to do it? Amen. Amen. So you know, some people say that. He did it so that you don't have to do it. Right. But right. he taught his disciples to pray. Pray, right? So That's true. prayer is an essential principle, not just in ministry but in our Christian lives. Amen. Amen. Would you like like to take a moment to just pray for our viewers and yes. listeners, uh, so that uh, that even as we have spoken this, I pray that some of these principles will uh, take deep root into their spirits, and yes. they will uh, they will. Uh, first of all of course they will have the same kind of passion for ministry that God has put into your heart and yes. and that God is using you for second that if they can also have a disciplined and a consistent prayer life where where they can pursue God no matter what no matter how the circumstances is they pursue God That's if you right. could just just pray pray for the audience yes before i pray i just want to add one last thing yeah. you know bef before my ministry started mm. i went into a season where the only thing i was doing was prayer mm. so one year of my life mm. the only thing that i would do other mm. than my studies was to pray two and a half to three hours every day wow and that is what transformed me and mm. equipped me for the ministry ministry that you so prayer do. is something which we cannot and we should not neglect that's true and uh, the bible says about the churches in macedonia mm. that they already had the grace to do mm. what they did mm. so which means that as you're watching this show mm -hmm. you already have the grace Amen. to pray yes. all that you have to do is just go and do it that's true so we're just going to pray for them right now father yeah. we thank you for the audience for those precious people who are listening to us today father Amen. we thank you father for your divine power has granted unto them yes everything pertaining to life and godliness that yes. is your word yes. so they already have Amen. the grace to pray yep. to seek you in lonely and secret places yes so we pray that they will step out by faith Amen. And do what you've called them to do. Yes, Lord. We bless them, O oh Father. Mm. In Jesus' mighty name, we pray. Amen. 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 Thank you for joining along on this podcast. We pray and we hope that this podcast has blessed you. Please do connect with my dear friend Pastor Stephen Samuel. If ever you go to Manipal, uh, make sure to visit their church. They have a church on Sunday evenings yes. at 4 p.m. Uh, 
they are also on Facebook. Yes, Facebook, House of Healing Ministries. House of Healing Ministries is on Facebook. Uh, uh, any any other Instagram, place? Instagram, House of Healing Manipal. House of Healing Manipal on Instagram. In fact, I'm believing and we know that sooner or later there will be more House of Healing churches, Amen. not just in Manipal, in Mangalore, in other cities of India and of the world. Amen. Because that's the great uh, impact that God is allowing them to have in that city and uh, through the church. Pastor Stephen, thank you so much for joining along on this podcast and we are so blessed to have you. God bless you. Take a moment to share this with your friends who would be blessed and have a blessed weekend ahead.